We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I don't know if you can hear any noise in the background right now, but this is another edition of the Finer Wings Club. Of course, that means, well, we're taping this on Tuesday night, but that means it's Wednesday for you listening. Tonight, we are at Beltline Brewery and Kitchen on Swan Street, downtown Buffalo. And joining me, I'll tell you, I've had you on the show a few times, but this is actually our first time. First time meeting. First time actually physically yeah. meeting each other. My man, Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Nothing much. Hey, good to be here. This is my first time at Beltline Brewing. I had heard of it. I had tried their beer through cans, but you know what? Heck of a spot. Love it down here. I've, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I never heard of it until a couple of weeks ago. Now, in fairness to me, I've also been gone for five years, so I got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, one of one of the, um, you know, everybody hears about Resurgence, Thin Man, the bigger, but this is one of the other spots that I've, I've found over the last couple of years. I Great beer and uh, really looking forward to trying those wings. Yeah, me too. We'll talk about those in just a minute. I'll, I'll say this. When I said I never heard of this place, I only heard of it because of... Uh, so on Facebook, I belong to a couple wing groups, whatever you want to call them, Wing Coalition. I don't know what the hell they are, man. I just, I like anything I can, that's wings. And somebody posted a picture and I was like, oh, these wings look pretty goddamn good, man. <laughs> and then I found out it was here at, at Beltline. So I kind of reached out to the owner. I said, what are these wings all about, man? And he told me a little bit about the place. And I said, you know what? I do this show. Um, I'm doing a fighter wings club. I'm taping it with a bunch of sports media people, variously, you know, uh, Every Tuesday night, I said, I'd love to come here and try it. So he said, yeah, man, we'll, we'll set you up with a table, and here we are. It's a chill place, dude. Yeah, I wasn't sure how, what, what sort of food they had, but as soon as you told me you were coming here, looked at the Instagram, checked out those wings, Whew. and then Nate Jerry gave us a, a very positive recommendation yeah, on did. Twitter. So shout out to Nate for <laughs> for delivering there. Um, yeah, no, it looks like a cool spot. too. good location. I've been uh, – so this – I got to be careful with my voice. We talked about this just before we started taping, so – this is the fourth edition of Finer Wings Club. The first one I did at Mulberry, which, by the way, I, you've heard of Mulberry, yeah. right? They're, yeah, I have. No. Obviously very well known for Italian food. Well, I'll tell you what. We went there. It was myself, Nick Gary, and, and Matt Perino, and the place was packed. Packed. And literally I almost had to scream into a microphone to be able to get it picked up. So I was like in that loud podcasting voice. By the way, those wings, shockingly good, man. I, I've heard... Nothing but good things about their wings. Everybody talks about the Italian food, but the wings, I, I got to get down there. I'm not in the South Towns that often. You know, I don't cover the bills, so I'm not, I have no reason, but I got to make the trip. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, but the only problem with a place like that is there no, I mean, how do you go to a, a place established for Italian food as Mulberry and get chicken wings? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm chicken saying? Chicken wings are a meal, despite yeah. what anybody says. Right. We know that. Right. Now, uh, week two, I did um, Sports City Pizza Pub with Sal Capaccio, a place that was, I don't want to say it was similar. It was similar in that they sell craft beers. You know what I mean? So it was kind of a brewery. But aside from that, it was a little more bigger, more modern bar. This is a, and then last week, Imperial Pizza, which really good wings. But that's just, I mean, again, it was so loud. So that's why I said I'm trying to balance my voice right now, not to to speak but i'm really this is like a i don't know how often like you and you haven't been here for all that long but like how often you get an opportunity to go out to these bars but this is a really uh it's 
feels like a vibey place, if that, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's no. really comfortable. I'm so comfortable. It is. Right no, now. I mean, you got the big windows on the side here. You got a little outdoor seating. Um, it's not too small, but it's also not too big, right. which also helps with the noise. We love to see that. TVs important for the sports aspect of things, so it, it's got everything you're looking for. Yeah, and by the way, what we're taping this on a perfect sun, summer night, man. They got like the garage half open, plenty of room seating out there. Yeah, this is a this is a really chill vibe, and I'm looking forward to trying the wings. So, I mean, this is Finer Wings Club, and when we take a break at some point, Lance and I are going to try wings. We got some seven one six wings coming, and we got some. I I told you. Caribbean jerk. They're not Caribbean jerk. They're what Jamaican they? jerk. Okay. So they're Jamaican jerk, all dressed. I don't even know what that means, but I'm looking forward to finding out. <laughs> Do you know what that means? This is part all of the dressed. journey, right? Yeah, I thought I was a wing pro, but apparently I'm not. So yeah, that's what we're having today. We're gonna have some seven one six and some uh some Jamaican jerk. I almost I, Car Car Caribbean jerk is like totally in my mind right now. I, I don't even know why, but uh has to be similar flavors, I would imagine. <laughs> Same region of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: Why we wait to eat here? Of course, at Beltline. So, how settled in do you feel now? Because again, I've had you on the show a couple times. Yeah, You're new of to course. the area. Last year was, I mean, you were here and you worked, but it was kind of socially, at least for the most part, a wash because COVID. I mean, nothing's open now. Everything's open. This is kind of like your your first like semi-normal go-round in Buffalo. Like, what have your thoughts been? Um, it's been great. I mean, especially the last few months since life has returned to quote unquote normal or as normal as we can expect under the circumstances it's nice um getting able to go out more uh we've had beautiful weather for most of the summer um work-wise i mean that's been awesome just getting getting my you know getting comfortable on that beat and getting more used to you know developing sources sure knowing that team as well as i have but personally you know i, I live in allentown now i'm gonna relocate to north buffalo here pretty soon so um, more of the suburbs life, but uh, really looking forward to it. What is uh, what is it about North Buffalo that kind of caught your fancy? I spent a lot of time when I was younger living in North Buffalo. I really liked it a lot. Uh, I've been in, I've been in Allentown for almost three years now, and I just wanted to change. And North Buffalo, I mean, I'm going to be moving close to Hurdle, so just different yeah. different type of atmosphere, different change, explore a different a different side of things, be close to Delaware Park. Um, being 31 years old, I think that's probably more my speed at this point than Allentown. <laughs> and although I think that some of my members, some of the members of the media will, will enjoy a trip to the pink every once in a while. I don't right, know if the pink is right. exactly my speed. So, no, it's it's going to be a good change. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of my speed, this type of place is kind of like my speed, too. Like I said, it's really comfy and it's really vibey. You said it, it, it. It's small, but not too small. There's a lot of people here, but yet it doesn't feel too busy it's not cramped and it's definitely not young I and mean, not a bunch of 21 year olds running around yeah, it reminds me of a lot of the breweries that <laughs> i would i'll say only because i don't know how else to describe it the smaller breweries that i've been to which is honestly a compliment because mm -hmm. it's it's more of like a quaint atmosphere but it's also got a good look to it um bar looks great um i know their beer is good so it's it's an awesome vibe yeah lance is sipping on a what is it a, a sunday show a sunday it's a new england show. ipa Okay. Yeah, it's called Sunday Show. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, with wings, okay, when I, I remember when I first talked to you, I, I think, I don't want to say for sure, but I think you might have only had Anchor Bar and Duff's. When you yeah, I did. At that point, time. I did. You know what? I always have good, I will never say anything bad about Duff's because I've, exper I've enjoyed every experience I've had, and mm -hmm. I had Duff's for the first time the day of my job interview with the Buffalo News, so... Only good memories attached to the Duffs. What are a couple of what? Because now you've been here for a while. Yeah, so you've, had, you've had at least enough places. Like, what are a couple of your favorites? Bar Bill is absolutely my favorite. Gabriel's Gate is also up there. Nine Eleven Tavern's good. Um, what else do I had? I like Adolph's. There's a great spot in the, in the yeah. first ward. Really yeah. like Adolph's. Um, what I don't want, I don't want to name everywhere that I've gone, but those are my favorites for sure. Those are the key favorites. Bar Bill, I put up a, a tweet a couple of days ago, and it kind of, I think for the most part, people agreed. And do you agree? I said this. I said, Bar Bill is the new anchor bar. And what I meant by that was this. Yeah. I meant, this is what I meant. Bar Bill has become the trendy place. It's become the, True. the, the really popular place. Like if I, if I ask somebody, hey, man, what are your favorite wings? More often than not, I hear Bar Bill. Or where you want to go, you know, when you get in the town, where the, where's the first place you're going to wings? A lot more people now will say Barville, and that's for not just like Western New Yorkers, but also 
people outside of Buffalo who come in. It used to always be Anchor Bar. Anchor Bar was a touristy spot. I almost feel like Barbell's kind of become this spot. Difference being is this. With all due respect to Anchor Bar, I'll never completely dis Anchor Bar because they are the OGs. You know what I mean? And you got to give them some respect. And I don't think their wings are terrible like some people. Like a lot of local Buffalonians think their wings are awful. I don't. I wouldn't go that far. They're not on the same level as other people. But anyway, my different. The difference to me is that Barbell is touristy and popular, but it's also really good. So it lives up to the hype, you know. Yeah, I think with Barbell, it's probably because they opened the second location, right? Um, when they just had the first location, yeah. it was a lot more difficult to get seating. So I think people sure. coming in out of town, they would go to somewhere that would be a little bit more accessible. Now they got the second location, which is phenomenal. Been yeah, to the second location. As I well. haven't been there yet. It, it's it's good. Lives lives up. Um, obviously. Um, the wings, the the wings are exactly as they are at the original location, but and I I almost think that Gabriel's Gate is sort of the same way, especially like if I talk to people in the media or people who just come in to visit the Buffalo, Gabriel's Gate's one of the places they try because sure. it's closer to downtown, it's closer to the hotels. So I think that I mean the beautiful place, the beautiful thing about Buffalo when it comes to the food scene is there I mean, you can get great wings at a number of spots, and I know that you've you've talked about it. Everybody who's from here will talk about it. It. You can name 15 to 20 spots you know you're going to get phenomenal wings at. That is absolutely the case. And I'll tell you this much. Like, let's just use Beltline right now for an example. Unlike the first three shows that I've done, actually, I can't say that. No, what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going to walk that back because I'm wrong. Imperial Sports City, I already had their wings. I knew how they were going to be. I didn't know how Mulberry's wings were going to be. Just like this place. I didn't know how these places, I don't know how these wings are going to be when we had them in a few minutes. But I'll say this, I can almost guarantee you that let's just say if you have 100 places and let's just assume that these wings were average, middle of the pack, say 50 out of 100. You know what I mean? If you took this place, these wings, and I'm just using this place as an example, and you go down like to Florida where I live. Yeah, or I elite. came from Pittsburgh, and that's yeah. the exact same Exactly. Yeah. They, they instantly become elite. I mean, the, the, the average decent wing in Buffalo – is an elite wing in almost any other city in this country. And what's what amazes me, I have so many friends, since I'm not from here, a lot of my friends aren't from here, so they always ask me, is it really that big of a difference? Yeah, it's that big of a difference. You can't you can't measure the two. You can't. Wings aside, wings aside, we'll, get, we'll put them aside. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, do you see a lot of similarities in terms of just like the city, maybe not necessarily the size, but just the character, the styles of the city. Are they the same? Are they different? Like I've always thought about that because Pittsburgh is a blue collar town as well. I think that when it comes to the people and that in that sense that there are similarities. Uh, Pittsburgh is obviously a lot bigger, but I think the people, um, it being you know, I think that not only do people in Buffalo have sort of a chip on their shoulder being that industrial town. I think mm -hmm. that Pittsburgh's the same way in, in that regard because you know a lot of people overlook those two cities and they're both great in their own unique ways. Um, what else? And obviously the passionate, the sports fans are very similar in a lot of ways. They're insane, which is, is high of a compliment I, I can give anybody, um, when it comes to sports and, and that sort of, you know, thing. But I love both. They're both are so, they're very different, but they are very similar in a lot of ways. If that know, makes sense. So you've been around for a while. You're, you're still young, but you've been around for a while. I mean, 31 <laughs> is 31. All right. And, uh, most people know this by now, but for those who don't, Lance came to Buffalo from Pittsburgh, but Lance did not cover the Penguins for Pittsburgh. Not primarily, anyway, he covered the Pirates. Lance came from the baseball world. I get, I, I, we've kind of talked about this before, but <laughs> professionally, I mean, covering the Pirates and now the Sabres, it's like, uh, I, don't get me wrong. Now, you're not a fan of either team, so it's your job to cover the team, so you really don't give a shit you know, if they're good or not. But just saying, I mean, you've had the opportunity to cover two of uh, the, the not so great franchises. I will, I will tell you this: when it when I was lucky when I was around the Pirates because it was the last little stretch of them being somewhat competitive, Decent. right? They were just okay. holding on to being mediocre. Now they're terrible. So the stories were more compelling. The players were awesome. I covered a lot of young guys on that team. Um, Garrett Cole was there late in my tenure, but like Tyler Glass now, Jameson Tyon, a lot of. A lot of good players who were really great to deal with. But mm -hmm. what was, you know, I guess sort of disappointing in Pittsburgh is that the Pirates are the they're the third team in that town. And by a, by a significant margin behind the Penguins and the Steelers. But coming here, even though the Sabres 
haven't made the playoffs in 10 years and most of this town is completely upset and just has had enough at this point, people still love them. They might not admit it, but I mean, I see how many people read our read our coverage of the Sabres, how many people follow along on Twitter, how upset they get, even sure. at the most minuscule move. And it just goes to show you that, I mean, people still love that team, which has made it so enjoyable to cover them for three years at this point. Yeah, as bad as the Sabres are, fans haven't thrown them out of the house. They're making them sleep on the couch. You know, they get in the nasty fight and you're sleeping your ass on the it's couch. It's a hockey town, right? It is. It is a hockey town. It's a suffering. Funny that I use that word to say it. But it, it is a suffering uh, hockey town right now. Now, speaking of hockey, and we'll talk Sabres after the break as well. But, like, professionally, at this point, you still don't know, like, what protocols and everything, how it's going to be. How, we talked a little bit about just some of the difficulties that you have. Not you, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, who covers the team full-time like you do, who covers the beat, having to deal with guys through Zoom and, you know, having to go through a lot of stuff to be able to, just to get these interviews and then you only get one or two questions and everybody's got to get theirs in. So we've already talked about some of the difficulties that come with that job for you. Have you had any indication yet that things are going to be different this year? Any idea yet? I'm hopeful based on what we've seen from the bills in terms of, you know, they, they're not doing zooms. I mean, even with the Sabres, we've gotten Kevin Adams in person a few times, which is a a step up, but in terms of locker room access, unfortunately we haven't received any clarity and, I'm starting to lose some hope based on the mask mandates that are starting to get put in place. Um, it stinks. The one the one thing we're missing, and I mean, I'll speak for myself, is that just being able to develop relationships with some of these guys. It's a whole new team. Yeah. I mean, with, with Sam Reinhardt gone, Ristolainen gone, Jack on his way out, it's going to be a young group. And a, a lot of that room I haven't met in person yet, which it stinks. It stinks when it comes to getting the best story for readers and being able to really tell the story of that team this year. Was it a little bit, uh, not necessarily weird, but certainly different, even just with that Kevin Adams presser, just to have the opportunity to uh, yeah. you know, be there and see other people, some of your peers that you work with, just to be able to kind of yeah. mingle a little bit with some of them? Yeah, I mean, it's also hilarious because reporters, are e- it's easier to get a follow-up question in, so Kevin Adams couldn't escape the Mike Harrington follow-up when it came to draft day <laughs> with some of the... The more difficult questions when it came to Sam Reiner or Jack Eichel, I can't remember. But, I mean, that part of it is hilarious. And, I mean, the one part that's really enjoyable at this job is being able to interact with the people that you cover the team with. As much as they are competition, you know, like John Worrell, just to name one or a few other, you know, just to name one, it's still enjoyable to just banter back and forth. We all do the same job, right? We're all dealing with the same circumstances, so... It, it, it can be a good time. There could be some good laughs, uh, especially in that in that setting, for sure. I would uh, <laughs> I would surmise that I also banter with John Worrell. However, that banter is probably not as friendly <laughs> as yours is with him. But you are right. I mean, I have gotten to know one of one of my favorite things about doing this podcast now for well over three years and having the opportunity to pretty much at this point, I've interviewed almost everybody from the sports media, Sabres and Bills, is the relationships are good, whether it's the Sabres or the Bills, and they're not just bullshit. Like, it's easy to get on a microphone. If, if, if there's a mic in front of your face or a camera in front of your face, it's easy to say, oh, we all get along really good. They do. I mean, there's an exception here and an exception there. But for the most part, the Buffalo sports media is, is a pretty tight-knit group. Obviously competitive. Yeah, but, of course. But still very tight-knit, especially compared to conversations I've had with people, you know, other cities. This is one of the more tight-knit media communities. It's 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 always interesting to observe the differences between the Bills beat and the Sabres beat because on the Sabres beat, it tends to skew older. I am me and uh, I know Jordan LaBarbera, LaBarber, who covers them for the Sabres, Sabres.com. Mm-hmm. We are by far the youngest on the beat and most of everybody else is older. On the Bills side, it's a much younger group, and I, I feel like they're much closer than than we are, just because of the age dynamics. So, <laughs> it is interesting. You you don't have a lot of hate <laughs> or a lot of uh, ill will uh, between groups, but um, it's always good. Like I said, we're in the same circumstances. We're all sort of chasing the same stories most of the time. Yeah, the Sabres media, for the most part, is older and grumpy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and by the way, I am totally team Mike. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> I know Mike is one of those love him or hate him kind of dudes, man. I, I've had him on. I actually had wings with him at Amherst Hale House a couple years ago. I like him. And the other one is Paul, of course. Paul Hamilton is uh, 
you know, the, the blocking on, on Twitter. But I'll tell you what, and I, I, I get asked a lot, like, who are your favorite interviews that you've ever had on the show? And I'm going to tell you, man, honestly, Paul, I had Paul Hamilton on one time. I had never had a conversation with him in my entire life yeah. before he was on the podcast. So I figured, man, this guy's just going to give me some quick answers, and I'm going to have to stretch to try to get 30, 40 minutes out of him. So we went for an hour. He was absolutely engaging and great storyteller. We, if he's engaged with something, he, he's really, really good. Now, his personality on Twitter, eh, that ain't for me. And it ain't, apparently, it ain't for nobody because he blocks everybody. But he is really good at what he does. And I, 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 think he's I respect guy. everybody who's come before me. I mean, Paul's been around that, that team and that franchise for a long time. The same goes for Mike. The same goes for John Vogel. Those guys have seen it all. So... You know what? When it comes to doing the job, I know how difficult it is to cover a team like that when they're struggling as much as they, you know, they have since I've even gotten here. So you know what? All the respect to him. And when it comes to Mike, you know, the one I know that he, he catches a lot of heat on Twitter, and he's, you know, some people don't necessarily like his covers. But you know what? Every, I would say, every major hockey market and their fan base would love to have somebody who would actually, especially in the Sabre situation, be willing to step up and question and call and call out the team for some of the stuff that we've ex we've seen the Sabres do, at least at least during, since my time here, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. And Mike deserves a lot of papers are missing that sort of calmness or that sort of dynamic on the beat, and it's necessary because if not, the team gets away with a lot more. I'll Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. Some of the heat Mike gets on Twitter, he deserves. And I, and, I, and I told him that, man. He gets a little too engaged and a little too saucy sometimes with fans. But uh, Got to yeah, ignore man, some people, he, I guess. He's, but. Listen, he's really good at what he does, and, uh, I, and he absolutely holds people accountable in the organization, and I love that about him. All right, so anyway, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors. Lance and I are going to – I mean, this is, again, Finer Wings Club. We're going to try – what is it? Seven one six wings. I'll yeah, and those start. are hot buffalo. So let's that. Let's and, see what happens. I might there. be trouble here, you man. Know? And then the uh, Jamaican jerk. jerk all those dressed. are grilled, by the way. Different <laughs> dynamic. So we'll be back again. Neither of us have had this. We're going to give you an honest critique, and I do mean honest, man. We're not going to kiss ass just because we're here. We're going to give an honest critique. We'll be back right after this. Plus some saber stuff coming up right after this message. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Beltline, Lance Lazowski with me. Um, dude. I'm at a loss for words, Pat. <laughs> my, mouth, my mouth is tingly right now. My mouth is tingly, man. I wish people could see instead of just having to listen to this. Um, man. All right, so we, we had three different flavors. We had 716. We had... What, why do I keep thinking it Jamaican, Jamaican jerk. jerk? Those we are grilled wings. Grilled wings. Big Jamaican detail jerk. to include there. Yes. And then some kind of secret shit. 
that was um, all dressed, all dressed, which was barbecue based. Not to give away secrets, but there was also some a lot of spices involved there. That Inc- yeah, they were incredible. Yeah, did not even know those were coming out. No, I I thought we were getting just he, the jerk wings he, and the seven. John surprised us. Those were incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. And, and, I, and I truly mean this. And I'm not just saying this. Nobody can hear me. There's not like people, a bunch of people around listening to what we're saying right now. I mean this. Honest to God. In terms of specialty flavor wings, those might be top five of wings. That I I've can had. believe it. They're that good. They're, but, but we kind of talked about it. It's also, it's kind of like how we feel about having some like seltzer beers. Like I can only have <laughs> a handful of them and then my heart might start burning a little bit. Like those were kicking, man. Those were kicking. They were, man. And and here's another take too: the seven one six wings. And I think you agreed with me on this. Yeah. We were kind of thinking the same thing, and I said it. But we were at the table eating. I'm like thinking to myself, these kind of sort of taste like barbell, which is ironic because we were talking about that earlier. No, and they were and. I know you didn't try the blue cheese. Blue cheese is also phenomenal. I'm not a blue cheese I, guy. Uh, oh my god, Pat! What, I what is going on with you? I know. I <laughs> know. I like blue cheese in Buffalo. I don't. I don't. No, like it. It, they were really good. Um, labeled as hot, but not too hot, right? More of like the medium you, you get at a lot of different places, including Barbell, in my opinion. Right. I would say those were like medium slash hot. Yeah. I always could tell, man, because I can only take spice and so much, and because I get sweaty pretty easily. And I was comfortable, but not too sweaty. Now, those all dressed. That's where this heat's coming from. Like, my nose is still running a little bit right now as we're taping this. I'm telling you, those were top five. Yeah, the 716 were really good. And they kind of reminded me a little bit of Barbell. The the jerk wings were decent. They're all right. I mean, I, uh, it's a grilled wing, which you that's that's an important aspect yeah, to put yeah, in yeah. there, right? It, it's just it's a different flavor. The char is in there. The char and was good. In terms of grilled wings, I thought they were good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. The only problem is uh, kind of like when I talked to you about Mulberry at the beginning of the show. It's like, all right, well, these wings are great, but if you go to Mulberry, you go to get the Italian food. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. kind of feel true. like those were really good, but they didn't seem as good because the 716 and especially those all dress were They just... had no chance stacking up against those two <laughs> flavors. But um, no, those... In terms of... Brew, I, I had somebody comment to me. I, we posted a picture on Twitter, each of us did, yeah. and somebody commented to me that the Beltline has the best brewery food in Buffalo. And after having it, after having food at all the other breweries that I, or most of the breweries in Buffalo, I absolutely agree. Well, best brewery food by, I, and by a mile. Those wings are awesome. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I really haven't um, been other breweries to, to try food to back that up. But I'll tell you this, this place absolutely for me has set the bar pretty freaking high. Yeah, man. I can man. believe that. Really good. Elite. Man. Elite. Okay. All right. So Beltline, there it is. Beltline Brewery and Kitchen. Swan Street, kick-ass wings, man. Yeah, it's a good spot. Outdoor it, seating, this and, is a good spot. And again, we were talking a little bit, Lance, and, and I said that I was a little bit nervous because I don't like not knowing if wings are going to be good if we're going to talk about them on the podcast because the last thing I ever want to do is say negative stuff. So even if I didn't like the wings, I would be like, I'll always find something to talk up. You would tell if we, the the listener would tell if you were dancing right, around right. the compo, you know. Right. I'm not dancing around at all. <laughs> you come here, go get 20 wings, go get 10 716, go get 10 all dress. You're going to be good to go. Yes. Man, for yes. sure. All right, speaking of uh well, I don't even this isn't even a real segue. There is no good segue to talk Sabres hockey, man. We're on a high right now. You're sitting there <laughs> a beer. Nice vibes, good, great, perfect weather. The garage, like I said, the the, the the door is still kind of open. We just had some awesome wings. That all goes to shift because now we got we do <laughs> we talk about the Sabers. So you know what? Let me ask you this, man. We're not gonna spend a ton of time talking Sabers today because you do it all the time. But even with that being your job, okay, do you get sick of being asked about Jack Eichel at this point? Like for an example, I know, <laughs> like on Twitter. You put out, for, you know, you every week when you have your mailbag. I only said that because I don't want because the first seven questions are Jack Eichel. That's what and I'm after I put about. after I put that no, people added different questions, which I appreciated <laughs> uh, greatly. I always appreciate participation, but it's not that I'm sick of that. But I, I don't want to rehash the same details, right? Everything we know is out there right now, and we all know the Sabers are in a very, very difficult spot. And nothing has really changed. I mean, Jack Eichel is not going to change his mind about that surgery. The Sabres aren't changing their mind about the surgery. We can all have our own personal opinions on what 
the team should do, what Jack Eichel should do, but the fact of the matter is he's he's not playing another game in a Sabres uniform. It's over. It is, but do you think that this is something that potentially could still drag out for a while? Absolutely. It could absolutely drag on. I know that he doesn't want it to because I know I've gotten to know Jack Eichel as, as well as any member of the media can over the last three years, and I know he wants to play in the Olympics badly. It's something he's dreamed about since he was little. And since the NHL has they haven't it hasn't been official but the schedule has an olympic break built in so we are led to believe the nhl is going if the nhl is going jack eichel wants to go and the sabers preferred surgery for him is a six-month recovery he's not participating in the olympics if he has that fusion so he wants to have that surgery so he wants us done immediately not only for that reason but to get accustomed to his team but kevin adams is not budging he's gonna wait for the best offer he thinks is going to come but I would caution him to not dig in too deep here because I don't know how good the offer is going to be. That's what I'm saying. Like as time goes on, our, our offer is going to get better. It's it's hard to imagine. Like whoever, whatever offers out there right now, and I obviously don't know what the offers actually are. It's just a bunch of rumors or stuff that we read or hear about. But are the offers going to get better? Like it feels to me like if Kevin Adams is playing chicken right now, man, I feel like he's not going to win in the end. I know how badly he wa- he wants to win here. Kevin Adams wants to build a winner. He's from here. He knows how how important that team is to the community. He's trying hard, and he's done a lot of good good things this off season, and even drag even going into last off season. But this is a really tough one. He knows that if you screw up a Jack Eichel trade, it can really it can really tarnish not only your legacy as a general manager, but it can screw up your entire plan to build a winner here. If you get this wrong, good luck recovering from it. Yeah. Do you think, though, does it feel to you like both sides, not just, I don't want to just, this isn't just all bad sabers and great good Of course. But this is, do you feel like this is one of those cases right now where it almost seems like both sides want each other to look bad, like they're trying to make each other the bad guy, or waiting for the other one side to do something, you know? Each each side is trying to control the narrative, which is why what we've seen from Jack Eichel's agents with the statements, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that suddenly Jack Eichel has been spotted in back-to-back days skating in Boston with other pro players. And it looks, you can tell that it's Jack Eichel. He's shooting the puck fine. He looks healthy. It's not full contact, but he's at least skating. He's at least engaging in pretty high intense activity, which is a a signal to teams who are interested. Like, Hey, this guy isn't as injured as you may think he is in this procedure. And that's why his, his surgeon went on the 31 thoughts podcast with Sportsnet, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. They're trying to put the message out there that Jack Eichel isn't as as bad a shape as some people might think he is. Do you think? All right, look, try to pretend you're a fan for a second, and obviously you're not. Not only, of are course, you, no. I can I can put that lens uh, on uh, for a yeah, moment. Put that lens on right now. Like, what side are you taking in the fence? And again, it's a little unfair to ask you because you're you know you're a little more plugged in than especially than obviously than the average person. But from the fan perspective, like what side of this do you take? Are you more mad at Jack Eichel? Are you more mad at the Sabres? I'll tell you what I've observed, and then what I've observed is it's really split. Some people want Jack to just do what the team tells him and have surgery, which I think goes to the classic point of view of a sports fan that the athlete needs to do be- what the athlete is told because he's ma- he or she is making a certain amount of money that goes sure. above and beyond what us normal folks make, but... I also see the side that says, well, why won't the Sabres just approve the guy's surgery, right? He wants to have it. Can't they come up with some agreement that protects the Sabres in some sort of insurance or some sort of liability way? I don't think either side is completely wrong. I think that they need they need to work together because if they work separately like they are right now, they're not going to get a deal done. They just aren't. They need to come together and release not only the medical records to the teams that are inquiring about his, about his availability, there needs to be open and honest conversations about between both sides. If the Sabres are going to get the best deal possible and if Jack Eichel's going to get what he wants. The biggest criticism from fans who um, are not Jack Eichel fans or fans who are mad at him, whatever, want him going, is that he nobody can deny his, his excellence on the ice. He's a great player, but the, the criticism is from people, mainly people who have no idea, they're just assuming, but that he's a shitty leader, man, that he's a lousy leader, that he's... Um, you hear about him not being a an asset to the clubhouse, and I'm kind of putting that mildly. Those are just some things that you hear. Do, do you feel like there's validity to that at all? And like again, obviously, Lance, you know he's a great player. I know he's a great player, and, and you're the hockey guy, and I'm not. But is there some validity to you that maybe maybe some people fans go too far 
when maybe he is a great player, but maybe he shouldn't have been captain. Maybe he's just not leadership I think, material. Pat, I think he got rushed into the role, and I think there's no question about that. Um, each general manager that's been here since Jack Eichel has been drafted second overall in 2015 has tried to surround him with promise like leaders people who have been there and done that whether it's brian gianta jason palmanville you know even somebody like connor sherry who won stanley cups in pittsburgh they've tried to surround not only jack eichel but sam reinhardt with proven winners people who have been there done that it didn't work i think that sometimes a 22 year old just isn't isn't ready to be captain it just and it's nothing on a 22 year old i remember what i was like a 22 right especially when you're carrying the weight of a city on your shoulders right. in some respects so it's a lot of pressure especially when you have to carry that team a lot of nights like he has. That being said, I think a lot of teams, and we've heard this reported, that are wondering how is he going to fit into our locker room. So if he goes into a place that already has an established leadership group, Jack's going to be fine. He shouldn't be put in a situation where he has to go in there and be the captain again. But I think what's getting lost in all this fact is that people get so soaked up in, you know, what Jack Eichel did last season, they, they do forget how good of a hockey player he is and why he is worth some of these prospects that fan base is like no you can't have you know uh philip Chital. no he's a jack eichel is one of the top 10 centers in the national hockey league when he's healthy if there's one thing where i could say i i think both sides it's fair is when it comes to his leadership role and his captain i agree with you 100 percent. i think it was a little unfair for jack eichel at his age despite all of his enormous talents maybe to be get put into that position before maybe he was mature enough or ready to, which is fine. And not everybody should have a C on their jersey, regardless of how great you are at playing the sport. But from the Sabres aspect, and again, I don't defend the Sabres very often these days, but I will say this, man, you spent essentially two years tanking for the, and you end up with Jack Eichel. He's your franchise player. He's literally the face of the franchise. One of the, the best, uh, on ice players, at least talents that this franchise has ever had. How do you not put a C on him? How do you how do you not do that? Uh, especially, I understand that. And there, it's you couldn't just have no captain for a couple of years, right? I mean, teams usually only do that for a year while mm -hmm. you groom some, which is what I expect the Sabers to do next season when Jack Eichel isn't on the team. And they were about to pay him a handsome amount of money, and they wanted him to take it and grow into that role. Which, let's face, I mean, Sidney Crosby. I, it's tough to compare the two because they're very different people. Um, but Crosby had to grow into that role, and it, it wasn't snap of the fingers, see on the chest, that he was automatically the Sidney Crosby we know him to be. Um, so there was hope that he would grow into it, and to be quite honest with you, I think that he did a really much better job, a really good job in leadership in the 2019-20 season when he did score 36 goals. I really do think he did. I think the body language got cleaned up. I think a lot of the stuff on the ice, a lot of the conversations we saw on the bench were a lot more positive, a lot better, what you want to see from a captain. But there was steep regression last season, which kind of showed you that was a signal to me that this is going to end soon. It really sure. is. Now, there was a time I remember, again, when a lot, not all fans have turned, so I don't want to say that, but the fans that have turned on Jack Reichel, I'd be willing to bet there was a time where a lot of them liked the fact that Jack was showing so much emotion on the ice, smashing his stick against the goalposts. You know, when they lose a game or a bad goal or whatever. There was a time where people liked that. And now, yeah, like you said, it, it, it just it doesn't work. They turn on him, and it's just it's the way it goes. Now, the leadership now going forward, Jack's going to be gone. Sam already is gone. Miscellaneous is already gone. Where, where is the leadership? Who's in that group right now going forward? It's, it's, it's going to be a very fascinating situation. My opinion, they're going to challenge Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Dahlin. One of you earn it. Yeah. They're not going to have anybody wear that C this season, I wouldn't think, as soon as Jack Eichel is traded. I bet you it's Kyle Lockposo and somebody else who has an A on their chest. Um, that's a question of who that is. I Maybe maybe Colin Miller, if he sticks around, who knows, because they have nobody else on that decor who's very old. But I think it's going to be Darlene or Cousins, and I think that both of them are in a really good spot. I mean, Darlene, his, his rookie year, we saw the smashing of the stick. We saw a lot of those habits, so we saw that Jack Eichel for years. Sure. Well, Darlene cleaned him up after a year. He didn't do that anymore, right? The body language is a lot better, and it's a guy who wants to be a leader. So I think that you know people want to compare this to the tank back in 2014, That you know, leading into the Reinhardt and Eichel draft years. But you know what? Those teams didn't have a, a core like they do now with Darlene, Cousins, Middlestad. No, it's not as strong as probably the Sabres would like or the Sa the fans would like, but it's a start, and that's why they need to add to that by the cycle trade. They have to get it right. Yeah, and I don't – look, I don't think there's any way that this team's going into the season tanking. 
like they did years ago. But I think this is a fair question to ask you, Lance. Sir, there's certainly other bad teams in the NHL right now. But on paper, is Buffalo the worst or really close to it? I would pick Arizona as the worst. I mean, right now they only have one goalie. <laughs> that kind of helps things. And, and they'll, you know, right. one goalie, they're trying to trade, you know, they got rid of their captain. They don't have a lot of star power. Connor Garland's gone. So I would say Arizona's at the bottom. But the Sabres have to be probably number two on the power rankings right now. No, hey, if Dylan Cousins comes out and scores 30 goals and shows, and takes that huge leap, Sure. I mean, that really helps you. But right now, we only saw Casey Middlestad perform well for a month. We only saw Dylan Stalin gain form for a month. Dylan Cousins dealt with a lot of injuries and didn't score goals at the rate that he wanted to. So it's unproven talent. You know, it's talent, but there's a lot of questions there. So I'm not picking them to finish, you know, better than 31st in the league right now. All right. Well, so organizationally, we both agree that they're not tanking. They're not going to lose on purpose. And in this year's draft, of course, they took Owen Power first overall. There wasn't no slam dunk consensus, number mm -hmm. one, throughout the season going into the draft. That's probably not the case this time around with Shane Wright. <laughs> if the Sabres get off to a shitty, miserable start the first <laughs> month of the year, are we going to start to see fans on Twitter already clamoring for, oh, people suck for Shane and all these kinds I, of campaigns? I think it's going to start from day one because I, I think that fans, even though Reinhardt and Ristolainen got traded, they were still hopeful that the Sabres would use that cap space to sign guys in free agency. I tried to warn them, but you can't. You can't warn hope, right? They want they want to hope that the Sabres are going to try to add talent around those guys. It didn't happen. I knew it wasn't. So they're going to go young. Um, I think they got the perfect coach for this situation. I will add that. I think there's they did well in free agency with the type of players they were targeting. I don't. I think they're going to get pushed around a lot. I think they're going to be very easy to play against. There's not enough toughness on that team, but they're very skilled. I'll give them that. Is it fair, like, to say, as a fan, and I'm saying this as a fan, the most frustrating thing about this organization right now is you have the positive takeaways from last year, which I liked Granado. Obviously, some yep. of the younger guys played much better underneath the middle stat and, and Thompson, Asplund, but a bunch of those guys, Darlene and Yoki Harrow, look completely different once Kruger was gone. So you got those young guys, man. And then you say to yourself, okay, Sam Reinhart proved that He's capable of even being a 1C if he has to be. He's probably not ideal for him, but he showed he can handle it. He had a really good year. So you have that, and then you get a healthy and motivated Jack Eichel back, and you're like, yo, yeah. this is a pretty good team. You got a good goalie in Olmark that you have the ability to resign. It was like, it felt like when the season ended, even though, uh, well, we'll talk about that next, <laughs> shortly after. But the day the season ended, when you had that mindset, you're like, well, this could be a pretty good team going competitive or going forward. To me, that's like the most frustrating part because it felt like they were on the cusp of something good. And what you mentioned that, that's why I think that there was, I still left the door open for Ristolainen to return because I think that he genuinely saw a glimmer of light when it came to those final weeks of the year. And it's not like he was demanding to be out of town. But when it comes to Reinhardt, he had already told the Sabres, I'm not signing another contract here. Mm -hmm. So the clock was already ticking. And when it came to Jack, he had already expressed that, I don't want to be back here. Were you surprised locker clean out day? I guess that's what we'll call it. It was just zoom pressers, but like that was very telling, especially to the average fan. I mean, you might know some inner workings going on, but for the way Sam sounded and the way, especially Jack, I mean, the way he sounded, Russell Lane sounded, it was like, that felt right at that moment. I'm like, everything I just told you about a minute ago, I'm like, well, that shit didn't happen. I, I had a really good feeling Ristolainen was gone the moment that Ralph Kerger was fired because Ristolainen was tired of different coaches. As much as I know that he liked Granado, he was tired of it. And he saw he saw what was going on with the core of that team in terms of Eichel and Reinhardt. And I knew Reinhardt was gone uh, the last practice of the season when he was given the Rick Martin Award. And I just saw... You see body language. You, sure. you see how people react to certain situations, and that was the day that I saw this is this is the last we're seeing of Sam Reinhardt in Buffalo. Right. I wouldn't say that. I wasn't going to say at the time, but I knew that Sam was was ready for a change, and you know what? He earned it. You know, for people, you know, the fans or the media can say what they want about Sam Reinhardt. You know, his play on the ice, maybe his demeanor in interviews, but you know what? When that team went in in the gutter and they lost 18 in a row that guy played he played he played his ass off every night for sure. a lack of a better term pat he did and i think when somebody wants to change a scenery you can handle it one of two ways you can pat you can mope and you can sort of just wait for the change or you can earn that change and sam earned that change he earned the opportunity that he got in florida and 
all, all the credit to him for playing the way that he did under those circumstances. Completely agree. Uh, speak about the defense for a couple of minutes. Obviously, an overhaul with the unit, Butcher, um, Mark Pysik, uh Who else they got? Brandon, uh, it's, they that is in my opinion the strength of this team going into the next season as Elaborate. long as they don't do anything because I mean not only do you have Dolly and Yoki Haru they went and they got Will Butcher who was an all rookie selection with the Devils you know not even four years ago with that really really good forty four point year with with them you now he's a Hobie Baker Award winner really good on the power play he solidifies that top power play unit and them going out and getting Butcher tells me that Owen Power is going back to Michigan this season yeah. Getting that left shot defenseman with that skill set, who's going to want that power play time? Butcher, Butcher's going to be on the team. Uh, Powers going back to the Wolverines, but they also got Robert Hag, who's going to help really replace what they lost with McCabe a little bit. Mark Pissick's a good buy low candidate who needs to prove that he can play defense in the NHL and get that next contract to take him into his thirties. And he wants to be here. He understands what it's like to be here. Um, who else have they got? They got hit the, those two. Um, I know they don't got Colin Miller is coming. I'm curious to see what they do with Colin Miller. Um, yeah. Is he going to be traded? Because there's going to be interest there. I, I was surprised that Seattle chose him and didn't choose him, and they chose Will Borgen. But there's a good group there. Matias Samuelson and Jacob Bryson won't be rushed to the NHL now. Oscar Laxon won't be rushed to the NHL now. So not only are they to set themselves up to have a good group on the back end in Buffalo, but that defense core in Rochester is going to be really fun to watch. And I hope that they're patient with them because that team, the Amherst, can be really good. They got some good talent. When it comes to the two young guys, Middlestad and Cousins, they both showed a lot of promise last year, of course. Little bit, are you a little concerned, though, that well, one of them more than likely are going to be like that first-line center that are going to have to eat up first-line minutes? Or Here, you, you think they're ready to handle that? Here's my concern. They needed. I think that they needed to add another center in free agency. Now, maybe they're going to throw Henestroza in that role or somebody else that we don't know about yet, mm -hmm. but... They needed somebody that at least in, at, in home games can handle tough defensive matchups. Um, based on their roster moves, it tells me that maybe Zemgus Gergensen is going to play center and, and be that defensive line center that they need. But you need to set up these you know Cousins and Middlestad to be in situations where they can gain confidence. Yes, you want them to face Crosby and top-tier centers, Bergeron, you know, night in and night out in certain, certain nights. But... You also need to put them in a situation where they can score goals and feel good about themselves and make plays because if they're facing Crosby and Bergeron and guys like that every night, oof, right, it's going to be exhausting. Right, right. It's going to eat away at them. Um, I think that they did a good job in free agency bringing in guys with good attitudes, um, surrounding those young guys with players that can develop a new culture in that room, which they desperately needed to do. But on ice, yeah, I think that I would hope, you know, I think fans desperately hope that, there's more to be done there, especially down the middle if they lose Eichel. Now, obviously, Sam getting traded didn't shock you. Rissolainen getting traded didn't shock you. Jack on his way out. None of that shocks you. But are you a little bit shocked at the way the goaltending situation ended I didn't up think, out? I didn't think Lena Salmark would go to the Boston Bruins. I right. thought that there was, there was certainly a possibility he was going to leave, and the Sabres were preparing for that possibility, surveying the goalie market. But when we were looking at the teams that wanted a goalie and could afford to pay what he wanted, I thought, well, who's going to beat Buffalo's asking price? Well, Buffalo chose not to beat that asking price. They didn't want to overpay Allmark because this is his prime, and they're not going to be good during that prime. Right. And they want Lukanen to take that starting job as soon as possible. They're hoping that it happens at camp. I think that they would be wise to delay it a little bit. Is but that reasonable for him to win the job at camp? I think he can do it. I mean, the kid's got all the talent that you want in a starting goaltender, but and that's why they signed Craig Anderson. You know, if Lukanen takes that starting job, they wanted a backup in place to be able to mentor Lukanen. And Craig Anderson's 40 years old. He's played 17 years in the National Hockey League. He's the exact type of guy you want, but you also need somebody who's not going to force Luka to play 40, you know, 60 games in a season because I think at this point in Anderson's career, he's a 20 to 30 game guy if you're lucky. He was a four game guy last well, year, right? Yeah, on the, on the but he did squad. get, there was a lot of positive reviews from people I spoke to around the Capitals organization about how he took those young goalies under their wing. Mm -hmm. And that was a big factor in the Sabres bringing him in when they lost out on Allmark. But so you think that has something to do with why they brought him in? Maybe for absolutely. What he do for and that's the why they guys? brought in Aaron Dell in a two way contract because you know what? If. If Lukanen comes into camp and he earns the job, they're going to let him have it. Yeah. They're going to give it to him. And I'd, I'm, I would caution them with that because that team's not going to be very good. Right. Especially defensively. I still don't think it's going to be very good. Those forwards have a steep learning curve taking on some of the matchups they're going to see in that division. 
And goalies, their confidence can be shaken quickly. We've seen young goalies come in a league and develop scars that were really difficult to overcome, like Jacob Markstrom when he was down in Florida. Took him years to overcome that situation. So, you know, he's got a really good goalie coach, and Mike Bales, but that's a tough situation to walk into for a 22-year-old. Last, uh, last couple of questions here. Give me a, a guy or two that you feel good about um, going forward into the season that you think has a chance to – to take a nice step up, not necessarily become a star, but maybe somebody that's a little bit, not necessarily, yeah, maybe a little bit under the radar. Somebody that you think is is going to be okay. a pleasant surprise. Um, I'll I'll give you. Let me. Um, I will give you in the four group Rasmus Asplund because he is a guy who can slip in and play center. He's going to kill penalties. I think that there's a lot more offense to his game than he's being given credit for. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they gave him a two year contract in and protected him from the expansion draft. I think that he's going to be a guy who takes that step. Um, let me do a quick... And I think Anders Bjork is somebody that... He came in in Taylor Hall trade. He has a reputation for being what scouts would call soft skill, which is he doesn't go to the net enough. He plays too much on the perimeter. But I think with Granado as coach in this system, hopefully with some more power play time because I think that shot can be quite the weapon on the power play for him. I think he's a guy that's going to contribute more than people on the outside might might think. Mm-hmm. All right, last question here. Let's say one year from now, all right, Lance and I are back here at Beltline, killing more of those wings, man. Those all, oh my God, those all dress wings. I, could eat, can't, I can't stop thinking about them. All right, but seriously, a year from now, we have a conversation and I tell you, I went to Vegas. I made a bet. Who was the Sabres' leading scorer? And I won money. So if you had to bet right now, like, and when the season's over, who's going to have the most points on this year's upcoming Buffalo Sabres? I'll, I'll put Casey Middlestad. I, I think I saw enough from him offensively to where I can pick him to be the guy. He's going to be on the top power play. I'm really curious to see how that group comes together with Eichel and Reinhardt on, what the positioning is going to be like. But he's got the shot. He's got the skill. He's finally learned how to drive to the net. The defense has come a long way. Um, he's gonna be playing with some pretty good line mates who he's already had developed chemistry with. So that's my guy. I think in terms of points, it's gonna be close though, because I think Darlene's gonna be in that. If he gets in that ten to fifteen goal range, um, he could be. I, I think Darlene's got sixty points in him this year. I really, I really do. With Granado's power play and the, the sort of guys they have on this team, that would be fun to see for sure. All right, folks, that is gonna do it. Finer Wings Club. Talk about Buffalo Podcast, Beltline Brewery. My man, Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. Make sure you check him out. Does great work. Him and Mike covered the Sabres beat. Thanks so much for doing this, man. This was fun, man. It was fun. It was this good. Was fun. This was you fun. You picked a great spot. The wings were good, weren't they? They were tight. Yeah, you were good. 